0: Give her one kiss in the lift. At 6 p.m. she came and said, I'm so sorry it was a mistake.
1: Oh Oh, no. Destroyed. And three days after, I don't know how. Surround yourself with the right people, and your journey can be amazing. Situation and belief on what you can achieve can lead to a life where you can drive your own changes. 80% you do the job you're being paid
0: for and you do it well. 20% of your time? Invested in something else. You're not joining a company to stay there all your life. Learn, meet new people. You need to have a horse, and not only one. Meaning, you bet on them. You're here for anything they need. But they also take you under their wing. Maxwell was my horse, and he went up, and me, I went boom with him. How did you choose the person to bet on? I remember being in a meeting in New York with a very senior exec of a label called Def Jam. This guy was in my car 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And you remember me. It's incredible how have a story turn around. Never underestimate anyone. You know, I was
1: just a driver. Greetings. I'm Ashley Samuels-McKenzie. And I'm Charles Parkinson. And welcome to How I Became. Where we unveil the unscripted journeys
0: of inspirational figures. Hi, I'm Olivier Robert Murphy, and this is how I
1: became CEO of Spitfire Audio. If you enjoy the show, could you do one thing? Subscribe. Wherever you are, just click the subscribe or follow button. That simple act can help us grow the podcast in a big way, and we need your support to do it. And if you really want to help play a part in our growth, rate us on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcasts it would mean the world. Thank you. From a small village in France, this guest story starts. Finishing school and moving his life up to Paris. Then landing a job, driving superstars around. It turns out celebrity life is something he could manage. Moving into the Air Force and then Procter & Gamble. Then into entertainment, where he really left the mark, innovating many new angles. At Universal Music, he launched an exclusive division that blended artists music and brands this was a defining moment future-proofing brands involvements with music culture for consumers and fans now we'll set the stage for a man that has made a change to the way artists can grow introducing Olivier Robert Murphy chief executive officer of Spitfire Audio Well, perfectly summarized
2: there we go well, we're going to dive into the story with you. This is okay. the story of how you became CEO of Spitfire Audio. Um, for anybody who hasn't come across
0: Spitfire Audio before, what what do they do? They make sounds, but the sounds that are the purest and the most beautiful possible. Mm. It's handcraft. Anyone could create a sound, but only a few talent musicians can produce the perfect sound. Our job is to capture it and to offer it to millions of composers around the world so they could themselves create even further. I see. Mm.
2: And these sounds are not just recorded anywhere. Some are recorded at Abbey Road Studios.
0: Air Studios, different studio effectively. You know, there is a saver saying that 50% of the quality of a sound comes from where it was recorded Mm. and who recorded it. Mm. Mm. And that's why we always choose the best musicians in the best studios. Well,
2: you've worked with Hans Zimmer. Yes. The drummer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, (laughs) uh, Chad Smith, drummer of Queen, Roger Taylor, some impressive, uh, incredible artists. Correct. Um, Previously, until uh, earlier this year, in May 2023, you were executive vice president of Universal Music Group for Brands. Correct. And you spent many years there. So we're going to hear the story of you getting into that that organization rising up that organization to that role and then your transition into this uh your to spitfire audio Mm -hmm. um which is a real journey and you're a real entrepreneur and i think people can will will learn a big lesson from your story in this today if if they feel entrepreneurial and they're in a an organization when they want to express those entrepreneurial pursuits yours is a a fascinating great story to learn how to do that in a really successful manner with what you did at universal
0: Um, it's quite incredible you're saying something important you can be an entrepreneur in a major group Mm. a lot of people think you can't but you can definitely
2: absolutely that and that story is to come our, okay. our listeners and audience or audience will find out how, um, and just to say, you know the kind of brands that that Universal Music Group worked with with artists is is Google, Jaguar, Mercedes, Samsung, Crocs, incredible Coca-Cola, brands. Legal. There we yeah. go. And what would and just to preview a little bit, what what does that mean, Universal
0: Music Group for brands? There is no more loyalty uh, for brands. You know, 81% have asked the survey like this, explaining that 81% of the people will not care if a favorite brand will disappear tomorrow. Uh, Harley-Davidson used to em- offer employment for life. Why? Because we had this loyalty. Today, someone driving a Harley riding at Harley-Davidson will buy a Ducati. They don't care. Mm. You were probably, uh, I'm a, uh, on Vodafone and next month is the end of your contract, you will look around. Mm-hmm. You will pick the cheapest one. E-E- you don't care. Mm-hmm. No more loyalty. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? If you're a brand, you have to include a churn as a key factor of your marketing. Meaning I'm losing a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's okay if I bring more. Mm-hmm. Um, retention is not necessarily... They try to fight about, to fight mm-hmm. against it, but it's not possible anymore. So what you do, you bring big audience. What drives the biggest audience in the world? Music artists. Mm. 48 out of 50 top um, video on YouTube, all music. Mm. So my job, the concept, to turn the fan of an artist to become the fan of a brand. But you do that through a meaningful relationship. I remember Jessie Reyes, an artist, she was a bartender serving Jameson all day long. When we ask her to do a partnership with and she says, of course, I love this brand. Mm. I've been serving all my life. It's meaningful to her. Mm.
2: It means something. But this Universal Music Group for Brands is something you, you created within Universal Group. It, it was a as a, a concept that you really grew in there. And, and, and again, this is the lesson I think people can learn from you is how to, within an organization, be
0: entrepreneurial and start something. Recognizing a need... Getting support from management, launching it. Trial, fail, fix. Mm,
2: okay. Well, there's more depth to that story, but we're going to get to that. Okay. Before we do, we go back. We go back to where it all begins. Mm-hmm. Where were you born? Toulouse. Uh,
0: but living 100 kilometers from there in the Pyrenees. Wow. In the mountains. mountains yeah. Yeah, nearly. Yeah, at the bottom of the mountain, yeah. Wow.
2: Fishing, hunting. Well, that was my life. Did you ever go cycling up the mountains like the Tour
0: de France? Never. Too painful <laughs> except every day to go anywhere. <laughs> to go fishing and stuff like that.
2: And I see. It was too much of the part of the day, day-to-day. day Just hard work. You do not want to then go and That's do it. more. Um, and uh, and your parents? What, what were your parents like?
0: Irish mother. Very tough. Cool dad. Not often here. Loving cars. Anything with an engine. Which is... Now, of course what i do most of the time today <laughs> and voila very very one very relaxed another one tough one but a good mix i guess What well, what was what was your dad doing for for work and he was a dentist okay okay a dentist absolutely okay. and your mother my mom was a french modern and classic letters teacher for one who became vain then um a director of college and then she was the I don't know who called in England but the big boss of a two thousand college running it.
1: Wow the dean, usually for dean, dean, yeah. The dean, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, she see. was
0: a dean, that's correct.
2: Yeah. So you're living in this small village, you know, mm-hmm. outside uh, uh, yeah, a hundred kilometers from Toulouse. Mm-hmm. Um ten years old. You hear the news that you're not going to live in this village anymore. You're off to
0: somewhere. Yeah, true. So, left on my right, the farmer. On my left, another farmer. Life I love. Horses, you know, nature. Bit of tennis, but that's it. And football. A lot of football. Always playing. Watching. That's it. But uh, mostly playing. Right. Mostly playing. Still until recently. Uh, But... And so, you know, this can, when you do football, you go from a village to another it's competition anyway. Uh-huh. I, I passed on that. And 10-year-old, yes, I have I uh, have to follow the path of my uh, big brother, you call it like that mm-hmm. And uh, who's going to an institution, which is a boarding school, to have the best possible uh, education. And how was that for you? Did you enjoy it? Terrible. Mm. That was the worst part of my life. Why? hated it. Because some people said it's good, you create friendships. Nah. It, for me, it was just an institution where it was only um, uh, fathers, you know, how you call it, a priest as teachers. Mm-hmm. So very Catholic in a mountain, deep mountain. Wow. Well. And um, so every Sunday, not every week, by the way, sometimes you were staying there for more than a week. You had to go there, you leave at five PM your house, you arrive at midnight, and then six o'clock you're up. You had to I don't know, I remember st- small things such as I uh, you know, I've done my exercise, I'm not traumatized anymore, but I remember being having to jump in this swimming pool at sixteen degrees and freezing. Winter, freezing and if you were doing a um, math mistakes, you were like big slack. Oh, it was tough. It was uh with a cane constantly. The c- cane happened. Mm. Wow, yes, absolutely. But me very quickly understood that if I was a good student, I would be uh not annoyed too much. Mm. So I worked to be the best student. Possible. Okay. So somehow I was a bit lazy. By the way, when I left the school, they put me in a public one, and I got expelled. Expelled. Why? Mm, yeah. What did you do? How did that happen? I destroyed the ceiling of a. The- room <laughs> doing stupid things like, how do you because destroy was, a ceiling I, I guess there, I was 10 years of you know mm. actually no I stayed three, four, four, 5 years of where I was totally maintained so one explosion <laughs> literally an explosion
2: how do you destroy a ceiling I'm, I'm trying to work oh, it out
0: this, do you remember this thing in metal oh knuckle oh, dusters knuckle dusters <laughs> knuckle dusters <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of Built up so, anger you know what to release. Back to pension. Back to boarding school. No.
2: Yeah. no, no. But
0: another one in Toulouse this time. Okay. Mm. A good one. And not okay. so bad. Yeah, and not, not so, so remote. And not so bad. Mm.
2: How did that impact your life? Do you think that
0: those those times there? I, on Sunday evening, it always impacted. Because at 5 p.m. I still have these small things in my stomach that remind me of this time. You still, and, to this day, when well, it gets day. to 5 p.m. on a Sunday. Day. But now I know I learned how to manage it. Wow. It's my moment. I go. I watch TV. I do something. Wow. That's why I never go out on uh, on Sunday. Wow. Maybe I should actually. I should do a reverse. I should party mm-hmm. every Sunday night to come to balance. balance. one extreme
2: to the other. But yeah, maybe a bit of balance. Maybe once a month, go and and uh, and explore. Um, talking of exploring, you get to the age of eighteen, and you decide. Okay. I'm done with the villages. I'm
0: done with Toulouse. And you go on your own adventure. Uh, yes and no. I start with two years seventeen year old, I have my uh driving license, uh, a okay. bit of freedom. Although I was Whoa. driving since I was fourteen. Wow. In the village. Impressive. Not, yeah, but I wasn't allowed. But anyway. Mm-hmm. I I could tell you a true story, by the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. My, the story of my driving license. I go to the hairdresser, yeah, Wednesday. Mm-hmm park with a car. I don't have a driving license. Uh-huh. Park with a car in the small village. And there's a guy next to me. And I said, What are you doing with chat? He says, Oh me, I'm taking um, students to test, driving test. Ah. I'm doing it on Saturday. He said, Ah, who who with? No guess. I remember the name. <laughs> and she and he said, Ah, I'll be with me. I said <laughs> 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 He saw me arriving driving with the car. And on the day he, of course, saw me leaving the car on the day on Saturday, two days after. I jump in the car, he said, Can you start the engine? Turn right, turn right, park. I did 100 yards. Stop any chat with the lady for 10 minutes. Said, Can you turn around? Turn around. So I I go back to where I started 15 minutes after, but just chatted and he, and he gave me a piece of paper.
2: No. Yeah, just like that. That was your test.
0: That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He basically thought, this guy knows how to drive. Yeah,
0: exactly. I don't want to waste my time. Or exactly. Incident. Wow. So anyway, to answer to your question, I go to Toulouse to do uh, university of mm. uh, science. I do two years there. And that was, that's when my life. But if you ask me for a big turning point, I think it's exact moment. In August, don't know the year exactly, but I was 19. Nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. When they took hundred and twenty six students out of a thousand, you know, it's this big university class mm. uh, selection, and I and I ended up hundred and twenty seven. So I'm, I was the first one. I remember uh, walking, oh. looking, oh, looking at the board, and I see hundred twenty six, twenty seven, me. Oh, and we August, and I can't continue university. And that's where I jump in my Citroen two CV. But I still have. You know, this big, the yeah. dully, you call it in yeah. If my dolly, and I drive all the way to Paris, 1,000 kilometers, find a business call who accept me last minute, and that was the start of a new life. Wow. wow. So that
2: list meant who could continue at the university and who was out. Correct. And you were just one
0: off. I was the one. Wow. Puff, ejected. But it led you to Paris. Yes, to the capital. What's it? Where, things... where I don't know anything. I remind you. Rem- you know uh please remember i'm coming from a small village first time i went to cinema i was 17 year old i have no idea of life and i'm arriving in paris and all this what do you first remember about paris Pigalle, which is a very funky place that only place i could afford but such a wonderful place I loved it. This is uh, where you'd go out yeah. and socialize, or go out social. No, I need to find a job. I have no mm. money. Uh, it's difficult. My parents went through a big crisis. We have no more money. Our house has been seized. It's uh, so it's a tough time. Wow. So I have to work. I have to find. I have to find uh, jobs. Wow. Do you get that feeling like it's just me now? I have to make this. I have to do it. Yeah. I have to do it. So I, I need to find a place to crash mm. first. Then I need to find, rent a studio. And I remember I told my dad, the only thing I ask you, I pay for my study, I pay for my cost of living. Only thing I need you to pay is my small studio, a studio I find in Pigalle. Studio, and as in? A studio A studio is like, um, not even a one bedroom. To live in. To live in. It's one room. We got call it kitchen. a studio, sorry, in French. Yeah, shape. we do. It's, it's the same. I, I was thinking
2: music you studio. you got everything
0: or? in one, one room. That's yeah. It. That's it. And he said, yeah, fine. And I remember seven months after, 6 a.m., <laughs> Lawyers, police, whoo, ejected. Oh, he oh, no. never paid. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All so this that stuff, but my mom saved me. She paid the debts of that, and uh, but then I find something else, and I started to earn more money doing my own thing. Still so you, studying. Okay, so you're just you're working at the bar to to earn money to I have study. I did different job of the main one. Yes, I was actually my dad found me this one. he was a barman in Hotel Mercure oh right Mm -hmm. where I was a barman by night I was doing I forgot 6 to 6 p.m. to 1 Mm -hmm. a.m. playing piano sometimes by the way cool I remember we had a piano at the bar and when it was not not too many people to serve I was enjoying piano lovely uh, doing background music as well Mm -hmm. and what else and after a few not even a year doing this not even a year um the car park it happened. The car park of his hotel was a car park of a limo service driver, and I went there and I said, "What do you do?" The guy said, "Well, we drive, you know, celebrities and stuff." Like I said, "Oh, I like that. What kind? What do I need to do?" Well, come and test. And I remember I started driving. For uh, it was some prince, not Prince Veer. Prince is another story, but some prince from. I had a middle east and i was just driving the luggage i was a car full of luggage so with going to a private plan i was loading the thing i was earning and i said 50 quid yeah of to do the job back and forth yeah yeah but then every time after I unload your baggage someone was coming and said, 500 quid just oh, as a nice. tips wow so yeah. very quickly understand well, that's interesting mm. i could do something about that and actually i built my first business Uh, properly from that because as a driver by then you pay to do a job so they booked you you said today you go there you drive this celebrity or i drove a lot of mm, stars after first i was you know you you start low you do the bag luggage and then you start driving people small celebrities and the bigger one and bigger one until the big ones Uh, but very quickly i understand when i was driving someone a client was telling me "Oh, i need to go to do some shopping you go to a shop and first time at park, the guy arrived, give me a park. The guy from the shop came out and gave me twenty pound. Said, What are you giving me twenty pound? Well, you brought us some clients. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then I was noted I, said, yeah. I need to have some tickets to go to Opera. And I said, Okay. Go to Opera. I said, There's some clients, they want the best seat possible, blah, blah. tip. And then I started to build a business around my own business, which mm. was just to get paid. Wow, so I build a business, so you're like a concierge, yeah I was a concierge naturally, It's exactly naturally. that. wow, and a driver because I had to learn Paris. I remember I don't know Paris so mm. to learn, I had to drive I had to i mean driver I was drive my yeah, it was my passion, my passion, but about nova City, you know the yeah. monuments
1: why oh what is this you have to know mm. yeah you had no sat nav no google maps no
0: times. google map
1: nothing <laughs> what's the lesson from the story so far as you think i think one of the lessons here is the opportunity if if you're ready you can spot extra opportunities and if your mind's clear you can really make something out of those opportunities it's also if you don't have a choice
0: mm. you know you have i think if my parents had paid me everything would I be who I am today? Probably mm. not. Mm. Probably not. I learned a lot doing that. Oh, yeah. When I was in university of Toulouse, I was, uh, my first job was to sell um, subscriptions for magazines. You're a student. You arrive. I was at the door. Yeah. All day long. I was at the door. I was saying, hey, you're coming here. What's your specialty? Oh, I'm studying archi- architecture or whatever. Law. Law. You need to read this magazine. Mm. Because you're a new student, 50% discount mm-hmm. for a year. They sign description to magazines huh? mm. that was good business as well yeah <laughs> that was nice
2: so you uh yeah you were, you knew how to to make you were learning how to make money effectively how to survive how to i didn't know to
0: but i learned the way mm. Mm. and i posted on linkedin this week actually the art of selling But i didn't know anything about the art of selling i learned it that way and at which point does this lead you into your first role into the world of advertising and marketing I was at a school called École uh, des Cadres in Paris, a business school. Um, and they, I remember we had a marketing class and we were doing a case on Procter & Gamble. Mm. And the teacher said, but Donnery, no one for the school. Remember, it's for school, the only school I could find when I arrived last minute in September. Right. So okay. it wasn't, yeah. let's say it's in top 30 in the country. So it's not a top school. Yeah. And... Um, he says, but Donnery, no one from his school never joined Procter and Gamble, and he put a beam in my bonnet, mm. and he was. I was like, mm, okay, but I love the case. I remember it was very interesting, and so I applied six times to Procter and Gamble. To Procter Gamble, six different people, six different routes, six different, you know, regions. I was all at the same doors. time. Just, well, right. No, one rejected. One, okay. Second rejected until. One day, I got the first interview, second interview, third interview, and I they recruited the job. After six six attempts. Six attempts. Wow. And what was interesting, I was effectively the first one of the type of school I was in to enter a no one else. They loved the fact I had all this, you know, selling magazine and mm-hmm. being a limo driver, military service officer, etc. They saw something, probably. Mm. And they said... I learned after the years that, in fact, they were facing a problem. They were recruiting only, let's say, if we compare Oxford, Cambridge type of, yeah, or Harvard type mm-hmm. of students. But after a few years of these people leaving to do something else, they were leaving the company. Yeah. So I said, if we recruit a bit lower, probably they will stay longer. Mm. So we will invest in people and and we will get our return. In fact is I left after two years as everyone else. <laughs> after learning so well. Were, I absolutely
1: loved my time at Proctango. Loved it. So two years in Procter and Gamble, you decided to leave. Where did you go next? I went to a company called Polygram Video.
0: They were releasing movies in on a video cassette. <laughs> Some do you know have you seen yeah. some yeah 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 you know? and then dvd a lot of dvds uh, then we transitioned to dvd and it was mostly about releasing um movie um films in um after they released in cinema mm. by then it was 18 months after so you're 18 months 18 a year and a half of exploitation in cinema after 18 months you could release in video or dvd and uh, and two years after that on tv mm imagine the the exploitation of windows by then mm. now it's it's interesting now, now sometimes it's a
1: month or so for like disney stuff even, comes out in this nice everywhere comes out on disney plus yeah
0: true so anyway that's that was my job uh marketing junior product manager uh didn't know much because a png even if it was the best training for me in terms of sales and trade marketing not pure marketing. Mm. So I had to learn a bit and re adapt. And uh, did and, I tell you at PNG what I was, what product I was working on? No. Oh. Vidal Sassoon, Pantene, and Petrolan. Okay. What what what? Do you know this brand? Vidal Sassoon. I you do. Know, of uh, no, Vidal Shampoo, except I know Pantene. I was one of the best salesmen, and that teach me something. What's that? Well, you don't necessarily need to use a product. To be the best at selling it. Mm. Okay? Ah. You know, look at me. I lost my hair. I was very young. All right. How do you use much of that? Interesting. So you, at
2: that point, had you lost your hair? Yeah, I was, it was a time where I was losing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you were selling the, the the one of the most famous hairdressers in the world? Hairdressers the went hair everyone. products. Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> um, and so you... Well, just to say as well, PolyGram Filmed Entertainment—they made some incredible films, Four Weddings and a Funeral, many people will know, The Big Lebowski, massive film, yes, I love that movie. Fargo, what an amazing film, Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers, Coen Brothers, and Notting Hill. Um, so yeah, it's a big part of a big organisation. And was it while at your, this organisation that you would see a a, a a woman that you'd like to marry?
0: Yes, I was there. She was the lawyer of the ground floor, or about to be a lawyer. And I was doing marketing, but I was, remember, I was still this guy from the countryside. Mm. My dress code wasn't the best. I was losing my hair. I was shorter than her. her. I didn't have all things on my side. (laughs) I had no money. I mean, and she was this beautiful Parisian uh, lady. Let's call her a lady. Mm, mm. Um, a lot of culture. I had a zero culture. By the <laughs> way, she still works in culture. She's part of a BAFTA. She does all of this. Oh. Um, so it, it wasn't an, an easy win. No. It took a lot of tough. time. And I remember I fought for her for a long time. At the beginning, it was difficult because I was engaged with someone else. But after that, cleared up, I, I, I made um, I made a, a move. And I remember for between three to five months, I can't remember, every time, i did something really mm. wow I'd like what? Publish, what would you do i was i remember what news she was reading liberation i put an ad in liberation uh, in magazine so <laughs> she was reading is there a, is an ad about her <laughs> i was she opening a drawer there is a flower you, I was
2: you put an advertisement about yourself what would about what? me yeah <laughs> <laughs> me paper. <laughs> what did it say no money yeah, Losing no, had, it was, uh, But it was I've got it a, little was a poem, or it was something right. like that. Mm, uh, she
0: that. opened a drawer in the morning, and she said, Oh, there's nothing here. Oh, hmm, today he hasn't done anything. And she opened it, ah. Ah. he did something. I was always yeah. doing something, leave post it or something. I was trying, i trying really hard. Wow. And one night, um, and now lunchtime, I invited that horrible moment. I was supposed to. Check the DVDs in a store to make sure they were well exposed, were released, etc. And I said, Do "You want to join me?" And we went to this huge, imagine Westfield here, this, this huge hypermarket. It was a Carrefour, I think. Mm-hmm. And so we went there, and I check, and they come back, and I managed to kiss, to give her one kiss in the lift, going down to the car park. Yeah. At 6 p.m., she called me He said, "I'm so sorry. It was a mistake." Oh, oh no. and you're thinking maybe something yeah, to have uh, here. My heart must be broken. After so much effort, so at the end, but three days after or something like that, so I said I give up. Enough, let's move on. And three days after, I don't know how she said it's me. I think it's her, but whatever. We went to see Aladdin. Aladdin the movie. Mm. Right. Yeah. And and, uh, and 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 another and that's it. It was 30, 30 something years ago.
2: Wow. Actually,
0: it was 30 years ago exactly.
2: 30 years. Well, congratulations. Thank that you. is a a lovely story, and I love
0: the. What's the lesson there, Ash? Mm. Persistence is key. <laughs> yes. I know. That is so true. Mm. I, when I was, I had an article in a magazine called Marketing, Marketing Week in the UK. Mm. I, knew, I, I don't know, probably 15, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. Wow. And you're sending a handwriting, just 10 lines of your handwriting. And there was this lady at the back cover of a magazine. There's a photo of your handwriting and she's saying what she thinks about you. Mm-hmm. double H sword because sometimes when she doesn't like someone, she was <laughs> pretty <more. laughs> But mine was actually very positive and she said exactly that. Yeah. She said, when these guys have been his bonnet, they will not stop until they get it done. Very true. To mm. conclusion.
2: So this is a, that was a, a nice love story. Now we have a story of, of not-so-happy memories. You had something that i think a lot of people rel- relate with you had a horrible boss what was the experience you were going through um and and what did you learn from it i uh, said said uh, at
0: two There's different level in the word uh horrible uh my first one i learned a lot from him but he was a terrible communicator terrible manager um dictatorial etc something that today would be totally impossible i wrote again on linkedin not not, not, not far ago and not long ago had you had to deal with a toxic boss because someone a student uh, or no student anymore but ex-person from uh, oxford uh told me i've been working for three years with this horrible person how do i deal with it mm. and so it made me think and the day after i posted about how to deal with a toxic boss there are different signs it's about recognizing it first because tell you the truth at the beginning i didn't know i was you don't necessarily know you would have a toxic boss you mm. think it's normal you think it's mm. about how business life is mm. so and and sometimes you very um uh, how do you say when you take everything personally mm. you know you you get emotional about it well no but you yeah you know, sometimes oh he doesn't like it but it's your brain playing tricks So you better to check first if it's really a toxic boss. If he calls, if someone calls you by night, if someone doing it, then yes, probably dealing with toxic boss. What Uh, are the signs would you say? The signs are um, comments that are not on your work, but more on you. Mm. Um, It's about never recognizing anything you do. Always... um, a shout it could be shouting it could be exasperation. it could be always signed uh he's sending you 50 emails after working hours you know this kind of stuff mm. and uh always shouting but you see other people around also be scared when you know this person comes in everyone <whistles> hide. <laughs> very like you're dealing with toxic personal. I see and and so what do you do what, what, do, what you do you leave that's a solution mm. uh but you try to fix it. I remember today, I had to deal with one not not too long ago, but it was totally manageable. And I was one of a rare person that could manage this person because I was old enough and mature enough to take it and to manage it, I was saying, no, putting limits, saying, no, you not know, talk to me like this, please. I feel uncomfortable with you talking talking to me like this. So I feel uncomfortable with you talking to me like this. You change the dynamic. It's it's you who feel and uh, or uh, you know putting some limits. No, I will respond it. No, I'm. Not, it's midnight. I'm not doing it now. Never tie, thank you. Or um, cracking the jokes in the middle of a dramatic situation. Ah, oh, someone trying to you crack a jokes. What do you do? Well, is, you think it's funny? Actually, yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of things. Yeah, it's mm. good. <laughs> uh, but before advice. I wasn't um, mature enough to, to deal with it. Mm. So yes, sometimes it's difficult. Very good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another
2: scenario, which I think a lot of people listening are in senior roles, they're on the rise in their career, as you were at this time, and you go for a situation where you you someone who was your boss, you then become their boss. Is that right?
0: How does that go down? Happened to me once. It was horrible why because whatever you do in corporation you have competitions Mm. you could manage your you could manage your employees that's your job to manage employees Mm -hmm. you could manage your boss somehow as I just explained and if you're not happy you leave managing counterparts is extremely complicated and um and everyone has their own aspiration they want to do more they want more money they want more responsibility not everyone eh? but you always have people who want to and that's why it becomes complicated so sometimes you do it by becoming close to them sometimes by fighting sometimes by putting limits etc cetera, etc cetera. and did you lose a friendship through this yeah I. I to be friends sorry I sound very French by saying hello Uh, I'm not someone who makes a lot of friends at the office Uh, is there a reason is that intentional first the highest you go in company you, you you know teams teams are friends my job is to make sure all these people working for me they're friends but it's not me for me to be friends with them if you reach a certain level so it's been many years that I don't have but yes one of my best friends is someone was working on same level as me, counterparts, and we have some uh, beautiful relationship for many, many years now. So it's possible. But it's not something I do uh, on purpose. I'm here to work and, and voila. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So is that something you would advise people going into senior roles that it's best to just keep healthy distance between
0: you and your teams? You will promote them sometimes. You will fire them sometimes mm. it's 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 work it's not them it's what they do business have changed business transformed they have a spe- specific set of skills there is no bad people they are only people in the wrong job yeah and that's why it's absolutely essential to always invest into something different don't stay complacent
2: so following the story of your career you get promoted to deputy managing director while at uh, polygram video mm-hmm. and then your next role starts your journey into a huge music company
0: yeah so in between there is a there is a, a slot first promotion of deputy md very tough i don't have any management uh skills i don't know how to do it i'm i'm co-heading department of 50 people it's tough i'm i'm i don't have the skills i don't have the knowledge i don't have a reading i don't have a finesse i don't have none of that what? so i'm learning hard the hard way
2: mm. and what are you thinking at this point are you like oh maybe i'm not cut out for getting to this level of seniority or i need to do something else or what's going through your mind
0: never follow it. no never we all have a syndrome of oh, they're much better than me, or I don't know how to do that. Of course. But um, the day you realize everyone thinks like this, the complex of, um, I don't know the word, but of, uh, you know, when you take a job, you should not be there. The complex of stealing a position of someone. But it's, uh, no, the same person. Even if it's someone else, they say, no. No one says, that, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they promoted something. They said, yeah, I could do MI as close. No. Always, everyone mm-hmm. in the back of, of their mind thinks, it's going to mm-hmm. be tough. So no, I never fall out this. I always thought, okay, it's painful, but I need to learn about it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't easy. I really suffered. That was that was a good time. But, funny enough, it was the the biggest jump in my career in one go, from product manager to deep TMD. That was the biggest promotion I had wow. in one go. Three, three level up so
2: someone for someone looking who'd like to get promoted to that kind of role make a big leap what did they see in you that what were they looking for and what did they see in well, you they that, took a bet because
0: why it's a coincidence that the manager of a big manager was leaving so they were a big hole they didn't have people and they were well, this guy maybe let's give him a shot we put him to tmd and he will help a new person coming and maybe it will work so I guess it was, I was a bit of a, I was already there. So it was a bit of a stability.
2: Mm. Mm. Uh,
0: so it's about opportunity. Uh, life decides for you sometimes, but you need to create the opportunity, but life takes, it decides for you. Okay. And then that brings me to your next point, which is, um, I was doing a good job after a while. And How long were you doing that role? Two years. Okay. And then the headquarter in London said, damn, we need to create Polygram Video is becoming Polygram Film Entertainment. It's becoming a big division. So they want to launch in many countries when we were only in four or five. And they said, well, this guy in France, he knows how to do this. And they bring me to London. They brought me to London to launch the international division. And me, who is from a small village, I end up going to Hong Kong, Tokyo, to open offices. Wow. When I don't understand anything, I upset at so many people. <laughs> I was so rude. <laughs> Japanese giving me the business card me, in my pocket, worst, in my back pocket. You never do that in Japan. Ah, yeah. oh, what, what, what do, do you, you, need you to do? do? You keep them, in, first you look at it. You look at the person more than once. You acknowledge their title, you acknowledge who they are, then you put it in front of you during the meeting by order of importance. Wow. Uh, you look at them regularly and you know wow okay. so they really the card is very important so in very, Japan but every country has a thing you you never show in a presentation a country better than another one you can't do this kind of thing so and it's cultural depends every country has their own things but I learned the hard way two years three years after people tell me i was so upset at you <gasps> why what do you do train me wow i even learned when i go to japan i was doing a presentation i was I learned QY presentation, no, which means you must be very tired. I'm appreciative of you being here in front of me. You know, these kind of things, the room goes, oh, bam, they huh. You show them respect. No, yes. Yeah, so I learned, I came here and I built this department and with a, a boss I really loved, he was called, he's still a, Peter Smith. I don't know what he's doing. I need to contact him. So Pete Smith and Pete Smith gave me my chance. He recognized me. He's the one who saw me in Paris and he gave me this chance. In the end, it didn't work out because I'd, I had a boss in between him and someone else. He had to put a boss who was a horrible person. We discussed that. And mm-hmm. so I left after saying this person what I thought. Okay. And uh, openly. I didn't use any maniers. It was mm-hmm. a bit rude as well. So I had to go and I had left. Again, turning points. I thought I was terrible. He ended up being a beautiful thing because he, I was, I left, maybe I would have stayed. I have friends who stay for many, many years in this company. Me, I was forced to leave because of behavior, my behavior.
2: But you didn't have anything
0: else lined up? Nothing lined up. No. By then, I was an expert on DVD. So I find some contract to help other companies to be experts on DVD. Mm. But very quickly, they learned it. It became a commodity DVD everyone was using. So my expertise wasn't actually very special. Mm. And that's why I joined Universal Music, because they recognized the, they wanted to make a business of DVD live, live concerts. Okay. and But no one understood that. I, I was in a company that was just releasing CDs. I see. Meaning yes. sound me it was about booking a venue put an artist i remember filming Amy winehouse for example at shepherd bush wow close to here. so negotiating with a talent as his manager filming booking a production uh editing and releasing on dvd and i remember i was making when i came i'd released a few they were making something like five million in two and a half years uh, my division was making. Wow. wow, that's a huge, that's huge
2: growth. Huge growth. What were the key things that you did to to kind of get that kind of
0: growth? There was a doing? market. There was there was a market for this. Mm. Uh, it's not necessarily always about the ideas, but timing. Timing mm. was right. And for example, uh, years after that, when music industry was struggling between downloads and and subscriptions, and it wasn't there yet. I launched a format called Pure Audio, Mm -hmm. which was, you take a DVD, but you don't put any images. You use all this huge space to plug in the sound directly from the studio to the DVD. So what you're hearing is a perfect sound. Ooh. And uh, I was too late. The digital already embraced. Mm. I was just 18 months too late. But tried so what i meant by that is that you don't always succeed i haven't succeeded all all the time trust me so what role were you in at this point what was your title uh vp international for dvd i see or live i forgot
2: so you're clearly you know doing well you're bringing in huge revenues for the company or for the group what does that Get you. What what are they seeing that and then they go, Okay, we need to do something with
0: and I with have the, a boss called Max Hall who uh I'm becoming he's my horse. What I mean by that is you, you need to have a horse and not only one. In every big company like this or anywhere, you need to have horses. Meaning you bet on them, you become um you you're here for anything they need. Mm. But they also take you under their wing. Mm. Meaning, what can I do for you? I'm here to help. Tell me. They don't have to be a mentor. They could be a mentor. They don't have to be your boss. They could be someone from another division. But uh, Maxwell was my horse. And he went up. And me, by effect of simple aspiration, I went boom, boom with him. So every time he
2: would get promoted, would you promote straight away or a few months later yeah. or just in general? Quickly just after
0: he was placing, he knew I was one of his trust, uh, trustworthy, uh, trustworthy person. Mm.
2: Well, how did you choose the person to bet on? It just naturally happened? What would well, you look I didn't for? I bet
0: only on him, a bit of others. Okay. But, but ne- never more than two or three. Huh? Okay. So two or three. Um, but I like his ethic. His ethical ethics, yeah ethics. I like it. I thought he was, um, was a good manager. Um, he, he trusted me. So he was a mutual relationship. Mm. You see, I trusted him and trusted me. Mm. And therefore, that's why I was asking him to buy. I was asking advice. I was doing a, no, that's it. That's how I developed it. So if, if
2: you, if someone's listening, they're like, okay, this sounds like a good strategy. I want to rise up in my career. I need to bet on two or three horses. What What should someone be looking for
0: to to choose who those horses are? Something that a department that je, genuinely interested to know more. Um, and is nothing more complicated than saying, "Hi, I'm so sorry. I need 30 minutes of your time to understand what you do." And that's it. Wow. And that's always the beginning of a relationship, because no one in the company refused that of an employee and did you do that before? to many people right mm. I've been rarely approached but yeah. every time they approach me I do it
2: and do you wait so you say I want this 30 minutes you have the 30 minutes what kind of questions should you should uh, they ask?
0: Uh, that you need to become really prepared I see you said that in this magazine about this can you explain I don't understand it mm. You okay, I'm interested into doing a bit more of that. what recommendation can you give me? You know, and they always have good advice. They always said, Okay, if it was today, someone I will go and said, Okay, I'm interested into AI. What what's the company is doing? How can I help the company into AI? Some of these people, are, oh I'm interested. Okay, listen. Can you look at and then you they start briefing you on stuff. <laughs> on the side, it's not your job, it doesn't matter. Mm. That's the rule of the 8020. Uh sorry, it's my rule. It's, I don't know if it is a rule, but it's my rule. Mm-hmm. 80% you do the job you're being paid for and you do it well. 20% of your time, invest it in something else. Mm. Yes. It will not work eight times out of ten. But two times it will work. Mm. And suddenly they said, Yeah, this guy on AI. I know he's gone. Yeah. That's the 20% you've been investing. Said, oh, we're building an AI department. Oh, I know someone. And been. Mm. Naturally, in fact, you win.
2: <laughs> you're in. Yeah. They'll think of the person who asked them
0: 30 because, questions in 30 minutes. You
1: don't even, don't even blink. No. Yeah. Top of mind. It's great it. advice. Yeah. It's like the beehive as well. 80% of bees will go to the same patch of pollen, there's 20% that go somewhere else. And they're the succession plan. So when that pollen ends, there's a new place for them all to go. I thought you were making an analogy of me being the bee in
0: my personal life. No, no, <laughs> part of the same hive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, so it's a great strategy. So, you have these horses, and, and I'm this... not sure
0: it's a strategy. I, I was interested, yeah, yeah. It, it came naturally. After years, I have and effectively, I call it a horse. But... Yeah, you're looking back, but it was just naturally. What you're you were... betting on horse, yeah. If you see the competition, mm. you're betting.
2: Mm yeah um, so you, you do bet on the right horses and you do and you and but at the same time you deliver you're
0: reliable you're dependable Correct. and that's why you. as he goes up you rise up he promotes me and he gives me can you take this department it needs to be reviewed so then you have to do a tough job mm-hmm. you have to restructure you have to rethink rebuild which a means time, layoffs yes many
2: what's that like what's
0: What's your advice for going through that process I don't layoff i'm not proud to say I a lot of people in my life um i learned along the way first be very direct very Mm. clear it's about we restructuring you're not part of a structure these are the reason and remember what i told you about no bad person only people in the wrong job Mm. if you stick by this principle um it's easy to explain this is the route we're taking Now, I want this to be the most easy moment for you because it's not going to be easy. How can I help? Uh, I always pay above, Uh, I I don't know if I should say that, but I always paid more than what was legally able to pay. Mm. Always tried. It's okay. In five years, a company, you will not remember, I paid another few months to someone, etc. So I always looked after them. I always recommend them. Uh, I don't, You know, popular, you know, sometimes you see. But I probably promoted more people than I fired some. Yeah. So it's also a game. And I got fired twice in my life. Hmm. It's called derailment. There's a book about it. I forgot, I forgot the name of the book. But it's called derailment. Mm. Only successful people derail. That's the logic of a book.
2: Yeah. See. but i do believe it, it, it's true and it do you helps. make do you make those when you're having to lay some enough, do you make those quite short the meetings how long how long extremely short how, minutes but how many always
0: long? no i mean it would be rude i want to spend the time to explain yeah but you always have the same reaction it was, it was shocked people are shocked so whatever they're going to ask you or say it's not it's no point it's not then there is a anger phase, and then there is a reason phase, and that's where you need to be there to talk again.
2: Mm. Okay.
0: So these three phases, everyone goes through them. I went through them
2: mm. on the
0: two occasions I got fired.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Tough, tough thing,
0: but it has to be done at, at many times. It, it is. It's part of life. As I said, you're not joining a company to stay there all your life. Learn, meet new people, uh, embrace. Just, just understand not everyone wants to be a CEO or wants to be a director, but still, you could do, you could learn different things and do different industries. Eventually,
2: you become global head of
0: new business for Universal Music Group. Correct. And that is where the brand business starts. Uh huh.
2: Tell us the origin story of this. This is where you get into entrepreneurial mode
0: again. Uh, I think it's Max Hall. His discussion with Max Hall and I. We recognize this small thing in France where they start to make new revenue by matching, matching artists and brands. And artists love it because artists make money by selling CV, uh, CD and then they make money by uh, live concert and that's it. But, uh there's this we are the birth of the influencer era. Yeah. And suddenly we're thinking, oh, hold on a minute, the biggest influencer in the world actually, they're all music artists. hmm Why these guys that don't work for brands? Sports are already way ahead. If you're I don't know, who are at you know, any sports footballers, mm-hmm. they're already working in Gillette. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. so we thought There's something here. Mm -hmm. And we decide... This is 2010, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we decide to launch this globally. And um, I have one employee in London. That's it. And we start this. How do you... So if someone wants to, like, launch a a business
2: within a a group or company, how did you have that conversation? Do you say, look, I've got
0: a good business idea. I want to
2: launch it. How does it work?
0: Correct. You come with a plan. Mm -hmm. You said... I believe, based on the French model and how much they make, I could replicate this in forty countries. So the game is that let's say France was making—I make up a number. Let's making five million. I said, I think we can do two hundred million, <laughs> but I need to invest, and this is the investment. It will be in people. And I remember traveling all over the world. Oh, that physically traveling every week I was in a plane 200 days a year I was in a plane wow oh. and I was setting up teams in every country define finding the right people recruiting saying okay your job is to let's not forget music is very local mm-hmm. artist mm-hmm. if I tell you Marco Borsato Johnny Halliday uh etc they all you don't know them but they are bigger star than Lady Gaga or or anyone in their local markets. Marco right. Borsato in Holland and Johnny uh, in France. But the point of Rammstein in, uh, in Germany. Germany. So they're all superstars. And so the, having dedicated... Now I think about it. That was probably one of the reasons of the success mm-hmm. is to recognize cultural relevance and to have local people matching this artists. Not only local artists, with local brands. Ah, Because budget by them were a lot local.
2: I see. So you would, you were going around the world and you were giving the brief Sitting to someone. Bar. Right. You're going to get all the, the artists that there. are part of Universal Music. Correct. And you're going to find local brands and you're going to partner them together. Correct. And make money for the artists
0: and us. Correct. I mean, mostly the artist okay. makes money. But it's okay because if you have a happy artist... He stayed longer in the company. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he promoted everything. And how many people would you have to set up in these countries? Is it just one person or Well, it depends. I had markets after after ten years when I left, I think we were two hundred and fifty people. So okay. in some markets I up to twenty people. In others at three or two or one.
1: Mm-hmm. Depending on the size of the markets.
2: What's the lesson so far in this?
1: Identifying the trend and making a good business case can allow you the support to make bigger and better things happen within the organization you're in agree my learning was also you don't create business
0: you recruit people and these people create for business mm. so identifying talent i i i requested a lot of people as i said before and this is a skill i'm quite good at Mm -hmm. human beings i recruit sometimes people they have absolutely no knowledge of our industry Mm -hmm. but i know i don't know something is telling me they could be the right people yeah and i give this chance always what do you what are you looking for what's what's going through your mind when you're interviewing someone and i don't they will tell you I know because I asked someone recently, and uh, always, they leave the interview saying, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> because I never ask any any normal question. Never. All kind of the question they could prepared, <laughs> I would <will> never ask. <laughs> <laughs> what, how have you got through a difficult moment at work? You,
2: that, not those kind of things. What kind of things are you asking?
0: I could go personal. I could go, what, okay, it's okay. When the, the meeting is finished, I would say, the Colombo effect, you know, oh, one last thing I go now you're going to leave you're going to go down of a building you're going to go out so they position themselves very well you're going to pick up your phone and you're going to call someone who are you going to call and they're like I'm going to call my mom I'm going to call my sister okay what are you going to say and I'm listening to what they have to say what I'm going to say and then they do a summary of a discussion we had sometimes or and he helped me to understand how I perceived it. Mm. Or I'm going to say, when is the last time you cried? I, I ask this question regularly. I know it's a tough question, but you will see people, oh, I went to see this movie, I cried so much, blah, blah, Or someone said, well, I lost my dad two days ago. Shit, I should not have asked this question. No, no. Okay, you have different types. Or I, I even ask a question that people make fun of me because it's about how many chickens are being killed every day. <laughs> in the world do you know Actually. I don't know but if you have to guess I don't care about the number I care about how you think about it mm. and people will go well there's how many million and seven billion, eight billion people in the world oh we have we have people vegetarian okay let's remove them well maybe did you forget that there is 30% or 40% of population in the world that cannot eat chicken every day because they're just poor and don't have enough money. You know, this kind of discussion helps you to have debates. Mm. It's 176 million, by the way. 176 million. Chicken are being killed every day, every day. And then you have this debate about, I don't know, chicken, I hate meat. It is detrimental to the planet. And you go into meaningful discussions. Mm. When was the last time you cried? I'm not someone who cries a lot. But I cry a lot you mentioned notting hill i watched again notting i probably watched notting hill uh, it's like love actually Oh, <gasps> i love love mm. actually you remember oh, love film. actually yeah, mm. i love that film i love that movie i cry every time <laughs> when i'm someone i can't go and i do talks and do in front of people and never and um, yeah but but as soon as you put me a cheesy movie cheese no, i don't like call it cheesy okay. uh, romantic movie I would mm-hmm. cry so probably when I watched Love Actually last time okay
2: what are you looking for when you're interviewing these people um, in terms of their
0: team fit team fit that's the first thing I look at okay because mm-hmm. this person fit in the team whatever their Yojin background and as Pitfire audio, it's a very diverse which is Fantastic, because my old job, I had to create it from scratch. I was lucky to join a team which is extremely diverse. Um, So whatever the background, the origin, the studies, could this person fit in the team? Because the team is about working together. That's why it's another debate, but all this notion of working from home in a creative industry, so what, what are your biggest lessons from that journey
2: of, of taking something from an idea to turning to, to generating, how much was it by the end? Around on this one, because it's still actual, I keep it, but it's in a hundred of millions, hundreds of millions. What are the big lessons and learnings from that experience? How to make something like that successful?
0: It's never an easy journey, but it's a fascinating one. Surround yourself by the right people correct i have a right team i always respected my team but they always always respected me um and my lesson which is a bit bitter it's about in this kind of groups whatever the group manage your boss it's part of a job you know sometimes sadly you could spend up to 30 percent to manage upwards uh which we, com- we come back to that, but it's one of the reasons I didn't choose to join another big operations in my last change. Okay.
2: Before that happened, you go through something, you know, while, while growing this division and, and, and the, the, the stresses and strains that come at from, a, from a work perspective, often from a personal perspective, people are going through difficult things. And in 2018, uh, your
0: mother passed away. No, it was sooner. It was sooner. Oh, it, was sooner. it was yeah, sooner. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay. When she passed away. Yeah. A lot that. It depends of your personal belief. It's true. Um, it depends of situations. So yeah, it's not a pleasant moment. That's for sure. Uh, a difficult one. It also because, being a father myself of three, beautiful children. It's about. I was confronted to two situations. The first one, in my career. All along the way, I always have this plan B. Plan B was, if anything, if the worst happened to me. I take my car, whatever it is, drive to South France, and I stay with my (laughs) mum. And having this plan, is your safety net. Mm -hmm. And I was very comfortable with that. I took maybe probably bigger risk because I knew that I had this plan B. And this plan B suddenly goes... And also, that's a professional point of view. And from a personal point of view, you are the next in line for your children. (laughs) You don't have this air cover anymore for Mm. them. So you become an adult somehow. You have to behave like an adult for them. Mm. Uh, So when you lost your parents, that's what happened. And so um, it was that realization. And then... When I said about situation, you know, she had Alzheimer. It was it was complicated, very complicated. So sometimes you think, okay, it's also, um, maybe it's a relief for her. And finally, it's about belief. So situation and belief. Belief because I read a lot of books about around that time when that was happening about life after death. You, you face hundreds of them. And it made me a lot more comfortable about what's next Mm. it's it's a personal belief but being me reading a lot and when i say a lot of books i read a lot of book about that i have my own belief and it makes me very comfortable what is your belief my belief is that yes there is a life after death and that she will be there waiting for me if i summarize in short
2: I'm interested to expand. what In what form does the life after death look like from your perspective?
0: It's interesting. Well, you know, these people that came back from uh, the death, they were declared death, and they all leave the same story. They go, uh, they go, they go above, they float, they see the light, the light, someone is here, and sometimes they drag back, mm. you know, all that. Mm. But i let you discover your own belief by reading all these books because it's not it's not someone telling you black and white it's about reading a lot of them that give you your unbelief yes
2: yes and that's it
0: yeah it's it's for for you to
2: explore and imagine and and see what resonates with you i guess correct so um you do get to the the end of your time at universal music uh and uh why do you make the just
0: decision to I change it wasn't know. my choice i um i mean it wasn't directly my choice i had the chance to grow further um but it meant going to america oh mm. so they offered you a different role promotion it was you know, yes they said it's been in discussion many times yeah. and it didn't happen because i was my two feet on the break
2: why did you not want to go to america i like my
0: life being away from senior very senior management mm-hmm. um physical distance makes also also easier time difference etc um i like a bit of independence which that was giving me i managed to invest in all the money i had i could put on the site in mallorca in a beautiful place oh
2: whereabouts in Majorca?
0: Oh, it's in um, uh, Puerto de Solier. Solier is a beautiful village oh, in the so no yeah. no west, mm. which is next to Deia. Yes, and so I was yeah. there not long ago, cycling away. It's amazing. Ah, okay, exactly. Yes, there's a lot of cycling yeah. there. And so I find my place on earth, and and you reach a certain age. You're thinking, what do you value first? Every time I go there, tomorrow morning, five a.m., and I'll be up. Because at 10 o'clock, I'll be working from there mm. on a on a Friday. That's what I do. Every I go week? I on weekends. Oh, I love And so, but every time I'm there, I'm like, I mean, it's paradise. Mm. And I've seen many places on earth. All of them are beautiful. This is my place. Mm. Mm. Not that. So I thought, do I want that? And I love going to Italy on a weekend. I love going to all these places and the diversity of culture. In Europe is what I value now. I mean, I, doesn't stop me once a year to go to Asia because I love Vietnam, I love Laos, I love yeah, I love I love Japan. I talk about Japan. I absolutely adore Japan. Mm-hmm. I'll be my number one. But still, on a day to day,
1: it's my life is here.
2: Mm. What's the lesson from that?
1: There's a lot of lessons in there. A lot of perspectives. I think situation and belief is a good one. Because that can apply to most things in life, you know the situation and your belief of what's going on there, and what's possible there, uh-huh. what your involvement in it was. Uh-huh. are Big things that can can um, can affect changes in your own mind and others. Correct.
2: Do really you agree? So um, you and now at Spitfire Audio, how does this opportunity come around? Do you do you get a call and saying? Hey, Livia. We yes, uh, see what you've done
0: and uh, luck what you. I mean, the way it happened was not nice. After many years in the company, I I was asked to leave in five minutes. Oh really? Oh, wow. Yeah. How was that? So well. I, well, I knew he was coming. I, was, I I was I could see it coming. I didn't know he was coming, but I could see it coming. Is that because wow. you wouldn't take the role, or because? Yeah, it's strategy of a company. Mm. That's correct. Strategy of a company. And so, but that's I, actually it's, it's fair. You, you know, I took some distance. You know, the phase, mm. shock, <laughs> angry, and then you know, and then uh, reason. reason. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, okay. I went to the reason phase. First, because I took two coach, mental coach. Okay. You know, you know, you know. Don't don't be afraid to do that. I I, I did it. I had two fantastic people. Elodie and Jane, and so they. How uh, did you find them? What advice? Uh, you one to? was a business friend, uh, and the other one by introduction. Mm. Hated at the beginning. No, sorry, that's not true. I did not hated her. I was questioning her a lot at the beginning, and she became so good to me. She she really she was tough on me, mm. uh, but she she helped me a lot. Why would you recommend someone would get a coach? It would be very arrogant to presume that you know everything. And these people, it's a detail, but they were, they, I was doing things I, I didn't know. I remember the, the business coach, yeah, I was saying, well, you she said, okay, first you're going to stop pointing my finger on me immediately. I said, do I do that? Yes. <laughs> I, <hope so. laughs> I didn't know. You don't do that. Especially in England, by the way. You <laughs> see, I'm doing it. <laughs> Especially in England. Now I'm doing this way. Yeah. Uh, more reserved <laughs> mm. i mean it's a detail but uh no so yeah i, I had to live in in a go i don't know why they did it but it's okay it's um so you go through this phase quickly they help you to go through this phase quickly to sort your personal versus you know because you're not earning any more money so you said okay finance do i need to consider that that's where the personal coach come in mm-hmm. okay finance is an issue for you let's address it and they they help you they give you perspective mm. you're you're not in state of mind when that happened during the shock and the anger phase uh, but but me in a, honestly few weeks i went through this phase very quickly mm. also i have to sigh <laughs> you want this to be personal so i'm going to give you a personal story we're going out and a bit down it's been 2 weeks after it happened and my wife we're going to have our every once a week we go to have dinner in our favorite restaurant all the time wow. every week what's the rest it's our moment it's called il portico where? it's in canister street okay very the owner is called james and his favorite restaurant and so we go there and it's our moment where we realign during okay. the week mm. right and we're going to that and i was going to get in the car she took the door of the car she closed it and she said okay you're going to stop this now i said what your face your misery your <laughs> questioning I said i said why because it could be a lot worse and i said how it could be worse i need to refine your job i was on a path i was planning it i thought it would go through She said well i could i could divorce you immediately oh that would be worse this is the same woman. and i was that i was like mm. put into that if I see it in this perspective, <laughs> yes, you'll be worse. <laughs> 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 Why? Are you think that? And that, that, put nice. me, and that put me straight in my, my place. Mm. Wow. So yes. So um, and then I went through this phase quickly, and and then I started to take notes of the journey I was going through. This next three months. You wrote a, three months. You wrote a journal or a diary? I wrote. I wrote something. Yeah. Oh. I took notes every day of what I was doing. And then I started to write a newsletter on LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, I mentioned... It's the third time I'm mentioning LinkedIn, but it's because I'm an influencer there. You are. And top yeah, LinkedIn are top voice. LinkedIn top voice. That's it. Yeah. That. And so I quite like this platform because you could be honest and it's about... I talked a lot about friendship also today and it's... Um, business friends are still friends. And mm-hmm. so I built a network of friends there. And so... I started to communicate that. I said, actually, the journey I'm going through could be helpful to a lot of people. And I started to write this newsletter called The Job Search of a CEO. No, not a CEO, of an executive. I didn't know I was going to be in a CEO mm. position after that. The Job Search of an executive. And I was very honest. I was saying a lot of stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I developed over the weeks, once, once every two weeks, I was doing that, posting. And it happened that I went into a mission. For me, it was like, it was a job. Uh, to find a job was a job. Yeah. I see. And I went like full speed. And I remember creating this opportunity map, contacting, I contacted 550 people. Wow. I met face to face 68, uh, meaning every time is half an hour, 45 minutes. And Still from there, 24 hours. Well, it's, at least. Yeah, a lot of people you have to travel you have to go there mm-hmm. you know they're not saying yeah come to my house no have some tea no it doesn't work like that <laughs> you have to go to different locations countries yeah. and oh wow so oh, I met I, met, well. I met a lot of people yeah and so from there I created an opportunity map and I remember it was the entertainment industry doing a bit of the same thing I was doing there was a the marketing industry um, agencies there was uh, brands business they were setting up my own thing all of this and i remember this industry map was all beautiful i said oh my god the opportunity is huge mm. and then that's where you, you get a bit of an oomph mm, and then energy. you go kook, kook, kook. and you see you see trends of opportunity being dismissed the more you're meeting with people the more you see okay this route is, is a den let's focus on another one and that's why i'm i don't know creating a friend of a friend etc and i i met uh, people and i go end up being in two and a half months which is very quick three senior positions you were offered yes i was three, three senior positions, positions. correct and um, one very tempting one that would be f- that would have flattered my ego <laughs> a lot one who would have made the same one who would have made a lot of noise in the industry but i yeah. decided not to do it. Why? Re- uh, I would have been doing a bit too much of the American thing, meaning reporting US, maybe moving, probably moving to the US as well, mm-hmm. which I was thinking, hold on. You you, you just left it. Exactly. Position. For that reason, what we do, <laughs> put your ego on the side. Mm-hmm. That's where a coach help as well to put your See. ego on the side. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went for the one I believed was the... Um, who i could see the most potential for the company and for myself and also that interested me the people i'd met with oh they were fascinating composers are fascinating people they're all quirky they think differently they're passionate you make them talk about a topic you're like this is fascinating Mm -hmm. and so that's why i picked that lessons
1: I, I really like the the element of of the mind map, putting everything out there. Because oftentimes we try and hold so much in our heads, we don't take time to stop and smell the roses, as they say. And when you're able to put that all on the wall and look at it all, you say, there's so much opportunity here. Right? When you said putting it on
0: a wall, you're me the over of the head because I actually printed them in A3 mm-hmm. and I put them on a the wall and looking at them give you some perspective. Yeah. What that? What world there is out there. That's mm-hmm. it. But I, I also built a software, during my search. Okay. And when I woke up in the morning, it was bing bing, all this flashing these red things. Follow up this piece, this person. You need. To, you haven't spoken to this one for a while. This, uh, you know. It was. Uh, I built a tool Very to help cool. me for this. I love that. It's just it's it's taking taking your your
2: situation into your own hands, taking responsibility for it, and going. There's nobody else that's going to fix this but me. And therefore, I need to get to work to, to do what I want to do.
0: And you you did that. And I also forced myself. I mean, it's again, for Elodie, my coach, who was telling me, OK, what have you done for you today? So I decided to go back to golf, which I wasn't doing for many years since I was a kid. So I decided, OK, let's do golf. What did that do for you when you started that? Uh, Golf is a life of deceptions. The golf is, before to be good at golf, it's tough. So I learned that golf is also a journey in itself. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, you could play crap for it. It's 17 holes and the 18, you do something magic. You forgo everything over pain, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what life is about sometimes. Yeah, It's about recognizing this moment. I call it at um, on a, i did an M- I forgot to tell you I did an MBA in between. Mm-hmm. I went back to study uh, in between at uh universal and I was a university I went back to study and I took a class, an elective called CPM Creativity and Personal Mastery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because again I'm not someone who takes the time to think about myself, and I thought it could help me and one of the things I learned there, I learned many things, but one of the thing is little little miracles and we don't recognize this in our life enough we take them for granted we only recognize them when it's not working well mm. but for example when i came here i found a perfect par- parking spot you might think it's ridiculous but my life could have been held running around taking a ticket no i find this place this is a little miracle <laughs> I no, thought about not. it before i thought yeah maybe there would be a miracle
2: it is one i've made it that's it just appreciating the small things in life the small and the gratitude. Small things
0: gratitude
2: mm. indeed that is correct so you start this new role at spitfire audio what yeah. do you do in your first first
0: week first month i remember before starting i put this book and uh it's something i always said to anyone starting in your job i tell them for the first two months you keep quiet you take notes And at the back of your book, every new idea you have, put them there. Mm. When two months after, you open the book, you read them, and you will see yourself saying, thanks God I didn't say that. (laughs) Because Because when you start a job, you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know anything. Mm. You're in your industry, in your position, etc. Learn first. Be humble. And I wanted to apply that for this role. Fact and truth and matter, I didn't have time to do it. I had to take a decision very quickly okay. because the business needed some tough decision. But there's one thing I stick to. It was to meet every single employee, hundred and something of them, one to one for half an hour. Wow. And I did that nonstop. Like, you know, take seven, eight, die. And what did you meet learn them? from doing that? Everything. I learned, I learned about them on a personal and professional level. Um, I learned about the company, about what worked, what didn't work. People are very vocal. If you ask them qu- a straight question, they give you a straight answer. Mm. Why are you not happy here? Why are you happy here? Give me two words on this person. Their managers sometimes. Two words, not three. You learn a lot about everyone. And um, that's if you put that in your agenda, you already have one or two months altered.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: what decisions have you had to make? What are
2: the key? What What do you, what have you decided to do that has made
0: an impact that you feel is needed at the company? The impact, every change you make, so every business go go through inflection points. You. How does it work? You, you create a business, revenue in. I mean, it takes time. Huh? It's not easy, but... Sometimes it's uh, such as, you, remember, you know, Blah Blah Car? Blah mm. Blah Bla Car is an, an app, and I was talking having dinner with a, the a founder of that. And uh, by the way, I asked him a question. Sorry, I'm digressing, but I asked him a question. He said, how do you know you have succeeded? And why he told me since yesterday? He said, because yesterday I raised 487 million. I said, okay, yeah, we could say you have succeeded. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> but anyway, he told me also that he, he, he launched in... Uh, During 11 years, seven different business models. So it's not always easy. But anyway, Mm. business, you create it. Long way, short way. Sometimes it goes faster. And whatever happened, every business goes through an inflection point. The inflection point, you start to plateau. And then if you don't do anything before the inflection point, it's too late. You would decline. And uh, most businesses go through this, so it means you need to reinvent yourself all the time, launching new new initiatives. We talked about new business, and if you do that, you plateau. You continue to launch, and that's why we call the S curve. And that's kind of what I'm doing today. I'm reinventing a bit of a business. When I say I, it's first thing I did was to build a team of experts that could do that, mm-hmm. because people build for business not you i
2: love that yeah well i i'd love to hear that is your story i'd love to hear from an industry level in the music industry what is the change that you would like to see in in the music industry that you're passionate about that um
0: you'd like to see changed i'm not passionate of music industry I was a drummer for many years. I was on the truck during the Notting Hill carnival playing for eight hours in a row. <laughs> I was doing gigs with sometimes hundreds of people, thousands of people, sometimes no one. Uh I worked in the music industry for many, many years. I mean, pas- I'm in I'm I'm you said I'm passionate. For me I was at this idea very quickly in my career, which was to work in something that uh Okay, I'm going to go personal. Working is not something I thoroughly enjoy. Working for me is also a way of living, a way of earning money, etc. But I quickly realized, work in an industry that is easier, that you appreciate more than others. And that's why I went into media, into film, into music, etc. If you offer me a job today in the car industry but it's an industry i don't really want to work because i'm more into classic car i would i would do that straight away so sorry i'm nuancing your decision i'm saying oh, yeah, yeah. i'm not in love with music but i work in music because it's an industry that i appreciate more than others okay on this point your question was uh, what, how what, what are you passionate about changing in the music the industry? industry i don't, the music industry i have been for different phases you remember he went, he started with, uh, vinyls mm. and then he went to CDs and went, he went to downloads and then he went to subscriptions and then he went to... Sub- do forget tapes. I forgot cassette. Yeah. So he goes every 10, 15 years, he go for transitions. Uh, and the story is always repeating itself. How do you embrace change? How do you don't fight? as what most people do naturally it's human behavior and it's fine if I can't do that well I'm sorry if it's just maybe creating a a business I'm sure you watch this Spotify uh, series on Netflix it's fascinating you should and he shows that uh, how much the industry has fought and this guy was Daniel X so passionate about he was but he, he, he believed in what I was doing and what I like to see is that this um Disruption, embrace disruption. Disruption is good. Embrace it. The first thing I did when I joined Spitfire, Joe, is was to create on our we're, we're on Slack. Every employee is communicate on Slack is to create an AI group, AI news. Mm. And very quickly I started to post the news, and I see another one, and I, I become debate. <laughs> embrace no, uh, no. no, no no, 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 in the sense of no negative, uh, learn, knowledge, no in the sense of knowledge. Mm. So as soon as you, you make it a community for everyone, everyone knows what's happening in, around this world. So I do believe disruption will be quicker, faster. Do you remember the metaverse, it took forever to be launched this. Now we call it a metaverse. Metaverse, mm. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, you know, embrace all of them. Because yes. for sh- sure, it's 100% certain, the more you embrace, the more of them will succeed. Yeah. And uh, I could see I, how quickly. Did you use ChatGPT when you prepare these questions? You could have. No, but I have done in others, yeah. Exactly. And handy. I, I use this over time. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I recorded on Hayden. Hagen. They translate you. You send them, you record a video of you, you sent it. And you quickly after you receive it in the language of you want but it's you talking mm. and i did it in spanish it was insane it's my voice but even the lips they do the spanish thing <laughs> they do this it's insane <laughs> well just, spotify just launched that your podcasts. exact same week you have three major groups who announce that mm.
2: actually sometimes if i'm going to reach out to someone who's interesting for, to invite them on the podcast i'll put their story into chat or ask chat tpt to tell me their story mm-hmm. and you say okay this sounds interesting and then you could use that as a nice introduction rather than going and doing all the research
0: yourself it's, it's a big time saver i used every day uh what is it called social or something it takes minutes for me it takes minutes so i have a meeting Twenty minute I do twenty minutes meeting, maximum half an hour, I never do longer than that. Um and I just put it, it records, and then at the end I said, end, and I have this is where you discuss, this is a summary. It does a summary, this is the action of a meeting. What's it does it everything called? for me. What
2: was it called? I can't
0: remember. I can't remember. Now it's in the software in my things, I put it as a in Google Chrome, it's a, as an extension, it does That's it for me. Brilliant. Excellent. It's fantastic. Mm. Make my life so easy. Okay. Well,
2: that is the story of how you became CEO of Spitfire Audio. Thank you for, for sharing it. Um, my pleasure. Uh, I'll share a little summary of the story and then we'll share.
1: I'd add one question as well. Mm. Thank you. And that was so, if you could bring all together all the leaders that work within your industry now, what do you think the most important topic to, uh, to discuss would be? It would be EA. It would be AI. I mean, at Spitfire
0: Audio, we are at the source of music. We mm-hmm. we go and record musicians not by notes. We cut them. We have, you know, for six to nine months, we make the perfect notes. To an extent, uh, last week I was recording in a studio and I saw this guy, Noah Goldstein, which is a pro- product we're going to release soon, so maybe I shouldn't say. And anyway, he was recording, da, da, on, on the snare, da, mm-hmm. da. And I was there for an hour and we guy was thinking, da, da. And I was thinking, is it going to stop this thing? I didn't know. And I saw, well, I saw someone saying, stop, we got it. Where what, did what, 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 what you got it? You get? perfect <laughs> note. What <laughs> well, yeah. about the hundred before that, the yeah, exactly. before that? Exactly. That's why it's handcrafted. So we are the source of music. We're capturing the perfect sound. So to allow like a, a cook, we'll create a perfect recipe with new ingredient. But for composers and music makers, we give them perfect notes so they could match it and make it perfect and and promote even more composition uh, composition further and i love that um at the same time ai could disrupt that It could set the creative perfect not i don't think mm-hmm. they necessarily can but so wh- where's the limit wh- where do you embrace ai or do you fight about it i would love to meet with everyone and saying well you know autotune, is it not ai somehow mm. you've been using autotune for how long you know, so where's the limit? So, have, for example, I have this idea of uh, AI could help composing. If you if you do that, AI could predict the next movement. We just launch first violin and uh, they, they do that to an extent. They, they create, the, based on how quick you fast, they could predict the transition of the next note. Yeah. And make it, that's AI, yeah. that helps you. So... If you promote and further creativity, yes. So that's what I would talk to them about. I would sit down around the table and said, guys, embrace it. It's good. Hmm. And I just
2: want to cover off something we haven't covered yet about Spitfire Audio. So, so you crafting the perfect notes. How did they... What's the use case? Who uses it? What kind of people uses it? What
0: for Most of them? the Hollywood movies use... Hollywood movies. Audio. Most of them. But, but, I mean, hundreds of composers in the world use that. So when they're making their scores
2: for a movie, for example, and they want a big a, a crescendo, or they're making the, they they use your... We, we released first
0: violin uh, recorded at Abbey Road last week. And there's this guy called Dracus, if you look at it on YouTube. He, he, in an hour, just using on a small keyboard like this. Yeah. When you press, you have thirty one. not you press one note, you have 30 violins playing Abbey Road okay with that he created a track honestly I have the music in my head it's so good wow. but so that is one usage another one is my daughter Louise she's a singer-songwriter she downloads stuff from a audio and because we we have some free sample to support the composer community and so they she goes there she download she has two choices when she composes music. Either she go on a piece of paper, she writes every note, then she book a studio, then she books her friends that, you know, and pay them mm. to play guitar, drums. With a hard drive, she give it to a producer who's going to make the label and then she can release on Spotify. Or she downloads a few instruments on Spitfire Audio, score. She put them together. We, we give her a plug-in, by the way, to do it, to mix it, etc., and as she released the song, straight in. Yeah. So there's different usage. We provide the solutions to billions of music makers because the creator economy is one billion people. But at the same time, we give a very sophisticated, perfect sound, the, the roll rolls of sounds to composers. Who wants to create the next lyrics of uh, the next big Hollywood movie? Brilliant. Mm.
2: Love that. So whether you're listening to a track on SoundCloud later or going to see a movie tomorrow, you quite possibly could be hearing Spitfire Audio.
0: Mm. I'm going to quote you in every meeting I will have now, repeating (laughs) exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Um,
2: Okay, well, that is the end of the story. It's been a pleasure. I think to summarize one of the key lessons from your story is that I really think it's it's a great story of entrepreneurial spirit throughout your life, you know, from selling those magazines to getting out there in the bars or getting into Paris and getting a job in the bars and just then going and speaking to the chauffeur company. What do you do? That inquisitive nature has just, has been a real core theme throughout your life and has led you to opportunities. And you, you take responsibility for the situation and you, you look at the opportunities around and you, you discover them, you find them and you create your, your own path. And, uh, and uh, I think it's very inspiring for people to, to want, who want to change in their life. They want maybe a different career. They want to get into another career. They want to start a business. They want to launch an idea within a company. That kind of attitude, people can really learn from, just be inquisitive and get out there, ask questions and, and things
0: happen. Yes, two things in what you said. Sorry, you want to maybe to continue. Please, no, no, no. The music industry, I had no idea I was going to be such exposed. But when I become a limo driver, most of my clients were stars, superstars, yeah. things, Christine Jones, Bee Gees, Prince, uh, Madonna, I drove all of them. And I had no idea. And for me, who was not a music fan of nothing, they were just clients I, they don't care. They were human beings. And so, but that gave me the first touch of a music industry. And 20 years after, I remember being in a meeting in New York with this very senior exec of a label called Def Jab. Mm. This guy was in my car twenty years ago. Oh wow. And a reminder to him. And you remember me. Wow. Because we're we're driving the BGs by a bit and and it's incredible how a story turn around. Never underestimate anyone. You know, I was just a driver. You had no idea I was doing this to pay my studies and do <laughs> something else. Mm. But he treated me with respect. And mm. uh you never know. And when you said something about, we talked about employing, I remember the last thing I said to people when I have an interview, I told them, I hope you're going to be the chosen one. But remember, we are just creating an opportunity that ultimately the decision is yours. You're going to decide if you want to join. And I always ask them, are you sure you know everything to make sure you're taking the right decision? Mm-hmm. That's the last thing I always said to any interview interviewer, final candidates. I want to make sure they take the right decision for myself.
2: Love that. Fantastic advice. As always, if you're not following Olivia on LinkedIn too, yeah. there's a lot of wisdom on there. We're going to end with a poem. Going to end
1: with a poem. I'm excited. <clears throat> I'm on yours. By being in the right place at the right time, your fortunes can grow if you are ready and willing and smart. To master how to sell could be your ringing bell on how you can improve your craft. You might kick up a storm not knowing the norms of the countries you're in and social reference. Hmm. Sometimes you might lose, sometimes you might win, and if you are able to live on timely inventions. Gain favor and clarity by utilizing strategy of asking the right people the right questions. And with you front of mind, you won't be left behind when the company is thinking about who will be held in retention. Surround yourself with the right people and your journey can be amazing. Situation and belief on what you can achieve can lead to a life where you can drive your own changes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today.
0: Love debt. Perfect <laughs> summary. I we frame it, Billy and And that is how you
2: became CEO of Spitfire
0: Audio. Thank you so much. It was beautiful to talk to you.
2: Thank you. Thank you.